Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Delayed, but I am here. Happy Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, December 13th. Thank you so much for tuning in every single day. I appreciate you guys. Uh, I had a little bit of a scheduling snafu, so today's episode is released a little bit later than it normally is. Um, I've gotten so many DMs, so many reach outs, like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Um, Yes, life happens and things happen, you know, that kind of sometimes throw off my schedule, but everything will be okay. And we're here. That's the most important thing. We are all here together. So I hope uh, you guys are having a nice midweek, nice hump day, and you're ready to have a fun Fun little time together. No, I'm not sure. 30, 45 minutes, an hour. Um, I had a moment with Dumois this morning, just finishing up my, up my episode with her. We're doing a Disney and Nickelodeon like Kid Stars episode that will be releasing over on Dumois before the end of the month. So before the end of the year. And here, uh, you know, a couple other big announcements before I get into the show. We have so much to talk about. Of course, of course, because when do we not? Um, Friday. This Friday is our Patreon Zoom happy hour. So if you are subscribed to the uh, upper the upper tier, which is called the overdose, if you are subscribed to that, you can join us on Friday. I will be posting a Zoom link on Patreon uh, planned for Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern for one hour just to kind of hang out with me, shoot the, shoot the, you know, anything, bring your Waterloo. If you're drinking, bring wine, bring uh, your, you know, CBD, THC, Vena, happy place drink. Of come and join us. And then not only that, I will be releasing an extra Patreon episode today or worse comes to worse tomorrow morning, which will have a lot of fun stuff. Um, I don't know what time it is in, like, I know it's 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And if you're mountain or central, I couldn't tell you. That I don't know. Because don't, doesn't it change depending on the like time of the year? There's times of the year where you like, I don't know. Time changes, daylight savings and not. I don't know. I don't know. You guys tell me. Okay. Before we get into the show, one more thing. I have to shout out today's sponsor of the show, and that is Babbel. So what do you call a person who speaks three languages? Trilingual. Did you know that? There's monolingual. That's one language. There is bilingual. That's two languages. And then there is trilingual. Okay. If you are someone that only speaks one language, in addition to be monolingual, guess guess what you are also? Probably American. Because only 22% of Americans speak a language other than English at home. So I want you guys to start learning a new language this fall and be the exception, not the rule. Because with Babbel, you can start speaking a new language in just three weeks. Why Babbel? Because it works. So instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are a little more than games, we all know which one we're talking about. It rhymes with Rua Ringo. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Uh, we are a somewhat bilingual household. My kids can speak some Hebrew. I can speak some English and Spanish and a little Hebrew. So we've got a lot of languages in this house. What's cool about it is that Babbel is real language learning for real conversations. And if you guys use my code, which is babbel.com slash bowling, it's actually not a code. It's just the link and it's below in the show notes. If you use that link, you will get 55% off your subscription right now. It's a limited deal. So get 55% off at babbel.com slash bowling. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash bowling. B-O-W-L-I-N-G. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, guys. So we are going to get the show going. Did you know what I did yesterday, you guys? I watched a little Married to Med. So I, in okay, Mary to Medicine is starting, it's I think 10th season right now. And it airs right after Potomac, I want to say. And so a lot of you guys in my Facebook group are telling me that I'm sleeping on the show. They're like, this is the best show. It's the best, um, you know, cast. They've been going for 10 years and it's like always phenomenal. And now Phaedra's on the show. And then I had Michael Beck, who is Jeff Lewis's showrunner from his show. And he has worked on Mary to Med and he said it's phenomenal. So. I'm like, if everyone is telling me to watch a show, I think I need to start watching the show. So I did. I started watching Married to Med. Um, I only watched one episode, though. And it's, you know, it's always hard to get into a new series. I don't know if you guys feel this way when you're binge watching a new series from the beginning. It's always hard to kind of like get into it because you, you're you just getting to know these people. So like none of their names are sticking, couldn't tell you anything about them. I don't really care that much yet. So I have to just like give it a little bit more time and I will be watching Married to Med. And if you guys are interested, I will start talking about it over on Patreon. My thoughts about the episodes, it may be kind of fun if you guys want to do a rewatch with me. I'm also doing that rewatch of Real House as a Beverly Hills with Zach Peter for the weekend episodes on Patreon. So um, it will be fun to kind of see both of these on different ends. On different ends, that's what she said. You know what I'm saying? Thumbs up fireworks. Okay. So did you guys, speaking of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, did you guys hear about the trailer? The mid-season trailer was just released. And in this trailer, in this rewatch, I mean, in this mid-season trailer, y'all, it is very, very interesting. Um, we see a lot. Number one, we see the whole crew going to España. That's Spain. You know, I use Babel. So, yo solo uh, um, hablar en español ahora. ¿Cómo estás? Um, so, we see them go to Spain. We see them stay in some sort of haunted mansion in Spain. We also see the white party, the infamous white party. So, I had a friend of mine. This is actually really funny because she's going to be on my show this week. I haven't decided if I'm going to do an additional like bonus episode with her or just a regular show, but she is that college expert, college tutor. So we're going to have her on. She's going to talk a little bit about getting into college and um, like celebrity stories about getting kids into college. And then we're also going to break down some of the shows. But she also had um, an invite to the white party. So my friend Alexis was at that white party and she sent me a picture of Jeff Lewis's head. We're going to have to talk to her about it. Very interested to know um, what she saw. 
she did see Erica Jane's performance. I do remember that. She saw everything going well. Now, remember, this white party was in the early summer, I want to say. No, even before that. I want to say it was like March or something. So the um, the the party was way before announcements had really started to hit. Like we had started to hear some rumors that maybe there was some drama between Mauricio and, and Kyle, but we hadn't heard anything really about Morgan yet. We hadn't heard anything about anyone else. So, um, so we will definitely have to check in on that and see like how that goes. Now we did see a scene also in this trailer with Kyle speaking to Mo, Recia, Mauricio, and they're sitting at, I think at their bar in their house and Mauricio, Kyle says, I just want to feel more fulfilled and happy, which is like the kiss of death, right? Because we know that she's already one foot out. In my opinion, this entire season, she's already been one foot out of the um, of the relationship. Don't you guys feel that? Like we saw it episode one of the season. Um, but obviously, we're going to see kind of like the, the continuation of their marriage slowly, slowly disintegrating. We also see Morgan Wade performing at some events. So I remember this event in the press. I can't remember specifically what it was called, but it was Kyle's event. And it was in honor of her friend who had just committed suicide a year or two ago. Do you remember hearing about this? So Kyle had a best friend who sadly um, ended her life and Kyle did some sort of a foundation or fundraiser and Morgan Wade performed at it. And so did, um, and so did, uh, what's it called? Um, Well, Morgan performed, but like, Teddy was there. I don't know if you remember that. Kyle. Um, Kyle. I'm like, Kyle Mellencamp. I'm so out of it, you guys. Kyle Richards uh, Foundation. It's definitely not toothless, not homeless, you know? It is. Oh, my God, you guys. You know what's coming up is everyone's it's saying her, what kind of foundation she uses on her, um, on her skin. <laughs> she uses Laura Geller. In case you guys are wondering. Um, anyway, so in that little clip, all you see is Morgan Wade performing and saying, you know, I'm, I have to thank Kyle. And so, of course, when you watch that, you're going to think immediately like, oh, my gosh, clearly, you know, Morgan Wade is in love with Kyle. And she's talking about this at one of her shows. I think we have to remember that this is actually a. Um, sorry, this is actually a. Um, Kyle Richards event. So it does make more sense that Morgan is calling out Kyle and like, you know, honoring her in this moment. No, I saw, shout out Josh. I think it was you, Josh. I have a lot of Morgan Wade stands in my Facebook group. Okay. No judgment. I don't know anything about Morgan Wade. All I know is what we've seen on the show in like a couple interviews. But one of you posted a clip from Morgan Wade a year ago doing something on YouTube for Rolling Stone. And it was so incredibly cute and likable that I kind of got it. Like I had a moment where I was like, I get it, Kyle. I get it. Now, I don't personally 
I'm not personally attracted to women and I'm definitely not really attracted to women that are like, or people in general that are like tatted neck to, to toe, but there was a little bit of a, okay, cuteness there. Like, hmm, okay. What if I end this season being attracted to Morgan Wade? Am I alone? I'm wondering, like, are most, are a lot of women attracted to Morgan Wade? Or are most women, if you had to be with a woman, which Kyle even brings up in the episode, would you be with someone that looks more like, like, wait, okay, if you are not a lesbian, or even if you are, and you had to hook up with one of the current Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, so we're talking Kyle, Dorit, Erica, Garcelle, Sutton, Crystal, and we're not going to include Anne-Marie, okay? So those, Sutton, Garcelle, Crystal, Erica, Dorit, and Kyle, which one are you hooking up with? Which one are you going to hook up with? I want to know. Now, I'm still into Craig Conover, so don't you worry. I still haven't left him. I'm not a lesbian, and I'm not attracted to Morgan Wade, but Kyle looks pretty good, says Cecile. Garcelle. I think Garcelle's stunning. Um, I think Dorit's the prettiest. Like, to be honest, Kyle is very pretty, but she's, to me, like, there's a lot of plastic surgery going on right now. What do you think? Crystal's also gorgeous. Erica's not for me because it's so expensive to be me. Um, Love your answers. Okay, so th- think about it. You know, hot topics, things to think about while we are going through this process. Um, Anyway, I'm really excited for the rest of the season. It should be really good. Sutton has another, like, I think it's going to be a viral moment. Instead of saying, Naimam, she's saying, answer it, answer it, answer it. So we'll see. Um, This is interesting. Thomas says, I thought Craig played for my team. And what's funny about that is I've gotten that a lot in comments. A lot of comments say that they're shocked Craig is into women. But I think Craig is very masculine. Yes, he sews. And yes, he's like kind of got a metrosexual vibe. I think he's quite masculine in my in my opinion. Okay. Um, let's move on. Let's move on. So I thought this was really interesting. Not for any specific reason, but just because when we're talking about like celebrities in the news, celebrities in the media, et cetera, I want to say that talking openly about weight loss is not, it's not um, essential. Like you don't need to talk about your weight. You don't need to talk about how you're losing weight and how you're gaining weight. But I think that when you have people like a Kelly Clarkson or an Oprah or who else has like lost or the girl from the toast, my, my, I love listening to the toast, Claudia Oshray. She's girl with no job on Instagram. There's a lot of people like that, that are very much in the public eye that are daily online, daily showing up, doing things. And what happens is they all of a sudden start losing considerable amounts of weight. It's not just like, you know, a dress size or five pounds between seasons. We're talking about losing 50, 70, a hundred pounds within just a few months. And we're seeing it happen in front of us. Like we can see the difference. When you're in a public, when you're a public person and you're losing considerable amounts of weight and you are not sharing with your audience 
if you're doing it through a weight loss medication or through a, a surgery or through a diet or through an exercise program, like whatever it is, right? So maybe it is controlling your calories. Maybe it is stopping your sugar and alcohol consumption. Maybe it is um, Ozempic or Wagovi or one of those, or maybe it's a gastric bypass, like whatever it is. If you're not sharing it openly, what happens is, and this is just my opinion, and I am not someone, I mean, I definitely suffer from, I think, a little body dysmorphia, but I don't suffer from, knock on wood, any EDs. Um, but I would imagine that this would trigger the hell out of me if one of my favorite people that I watch on TV every day lost an entire body of weight and said, just decided to be more mindful of my choices right? Or like the Erica Jane, hormones. And so what happens with that is it ultimately, or I think automatically makes people that are watching who are struggling with their own bodies or their own weight feel like failures or like less than, right? So Kelly Clarkson, as far as I know, has not openly talked about how she's lost her weight. Oprah has talked about how she's lost her weight. And she didn't really say it was anything. She just said, like, I'm on Weight Watchers. I'm on Weight Watchers. And in um, in July, I guess she did, according to this article that I just saw on Daily Mail, um, in July, she basically shamed, not shamed, but she avoided saying or said she would not take Ozempic or any similar drugs in that class of weight loss medications because she viewed them as an easy way out. Well... She is now officially admitting that, yes, she has lost a dramatic 40 pounds in just a couple months after previously denying it because she is done with the shaming and she has done it through a weight loss medication. We don't know specifically what the medication is. We just know that she's been using a weight loss medication for her dramatic body transformation um, to lose weight because she was done with the shaming. It says she, you know, um, now she told people that I now use it as I feel I need it. So I'm so interested what this could be as a tool to manage, not yo-yoing, but did not name the drug that she used it. She said that she uses, she said the fact that there's a medically approved prescription for managing weight and staying healthier in my lifetime feels like relief, like redemption, like a gift and not something to hide behind and once again, be ridiculed for. I'm absolutely done with the shaming from other people and particularly myself and added she had actually recommended the weight loss aid to other people before deciding to take it herself. It sounds to me something along the lines of this. She says normally during Thanksgiving, she eats nonstop for two weeks. She gains eight pounds. This time she lost a pound um, or she gained half a pound. Sorry, she gained half a pound. She She essentially is saying that she also eats her last meal at 4 p.m., she drinks a gallon of water a day and uses Weight Watchers principles to count her points. Also, she works out every single day. But the point is, is that she's straight up saying, um, I lost weight um, through using this crutch, even though I used to say I, I should take the easy way out. And people are going to probably dog on her for this, but I, I find it admirable to finally just come clean about it. I think Kelly Clarkson eventually will probably as well. And I know Claudia from The Toast, Claudia Oshray finally admitted, yes, I'm on Ozempic. And it's kind of like a little bit of a relief to know that 
if I'm going to the gym seven days a week and I'm also cutting back all this eating and not go eating after 7 p.m. and also like intermittent fasting and then also eating all this protein, da, 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 why aren't I looking as good as you? So to come clean about these things, I think is so important. And I have no problem with anyone taking any sort of medication to help them in any sort of way. I'm a big, big believer in medication for disease, for um, chemistry, brain chemistry, for depression, for anxiety, for ADHD, for weight loss. Like I am so not against it as long as it's done in a healthy manner, right? So I just thought that was kind of interesting that she was on Drew Barrymore. Like Oprah's in the press right now. Oprah's coming back. She's going to be 70 years old, y'all. 70. She looks phenomenal for 70. Like insane, right? Um, going back to Kyle Richards and Real Houses of Beverly Hills, I should have brought this up a little bit earlier, but I thought this was kind of interesting. So Kyle Richards does her Amazon lives and she was on one of them just this week and she was talking about a bunch of things, but she was talking specifically about like what it was like seeing Sutton at the Christmas party at Kathy's Christmas party. But then she was asked about what Aaron Leachy, who is a Roni, Real Housewives of New York newbie, asked her about or was asked about who wasn't the nicest at BravoCon. And Aaron had said, um, Kyle and Dorit. So Kyle refuted it. She said, I have no idea where that came from. I specifically waved at her because Jen, who is Kyle's assistant slash friend, said that Aaron is her um, like girl crush. And so Kyle went out of her way to wave at her. So she is just dumbfounded. She's like, I don't watch a lot of TV. She said, when I got my breast reduction, I watched The Crown. Can you imagine? Like, she doesn't watch any TV. I don't know how you can be on Bravo as a real housewife and not watch a lot of TV. That would be hard. Um, yes. Okay. So she she um, said that she doesn't watch TV, didn't recognize her, but did say hi to her and waved at her. So I, I don't know. If Aaron's saying out of nowhere that Dorit and Kyle weren't the nicest, I'm going to kind of believe it, but we'll have to see. Another little piece of news is Miss Lala Kent. Lala. Can you imagine if my name was Dada? <laughs> Nana. Lala. Lala. It's kind of hard to say, actually. Lala. 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 So Lala Kent clap back yesterday at a couple different people. In yesterday's trailer, she is not looking so good because at the end of the trailer, she basically says, I don't know how in any case someone gets cheated on and becomes God, right? And just like loses her mind. Obviously, he's talking about Ariana does come off sounding a little bit jealous, does come off sounding a little bit like, what the F, what did she do to deserve all of this like obsession, right? Lala was also cheated on by Randall. We know this. So I think that there may be something personal saying like, how come it didn't happen to me? Um, so Lala re rele released a picture on her Instagram yesterday and it's a picture of her back, which basically... A, her naked back, sorry, her naked back looking over a fence. I have no idea who took this picture of her and why they took it, but this is the picture. I don't think we can deny this is a hot picture. It's her tush um, looking over uh, like an outdoor shower fence with a surfboard next to her. 
And the quote says, jealous of what? Your ugly leather pants, which is a Sutton quote. If you remember back in Crystal uh, Minkoff's first season at Lisa Rinna's backyard barbecue or whatever she was doing. And Sutton and Crystal got into like a big to-do and Sutton lost it. I'm jealous of what? Your ugly leather pants. And they were not that pretty. No offense, Crystal. The best are the comments. Stassi says, BRB, just going to go make a collage of your naked bod pics as my workout inspo. Um, Crystal actually said, these are way hotter than my pants. I love it. Um, Sheena responded with a bunch of hearts and said caption with uh, like a thumbs up. I am not seeing, and I could be wrong, but I am not seeing an Ariana comment, which makes me think that. Let's see if she even liked it. I think there is definitely... Oh yeah, she didn't like it. I thought she wasn't even following Lala. I think she is. Def- there's definitely something going on there. Now Ariana is following Lala, and Lala is following Ariana. So it's not like major drama, but there's definitely something happening in the Lala Ariana camp. Um, we also know that Ariana said on Watch What Happens Live yesterday that she. Uh, she also, Ariana said on Watch What Happens Live that Lala was the biggest crier this season. So I think that's kind of interesting too. And finally, one other Lala comment is that she was um, she was on, there was an article today talking about the fact that the big beef that Lala has this season is actually with Katie Maloney. And it's because Katie because Lala really befriended Tom Schwartz this season. Something happens in this next season of of, um, Vanderpump that made Lala and Schwartz really start to connect. So, of course, that's going to throw a wrench in her and and, um, Katie's relationship. Now, it's all very confusing because we were at BravoCon and we saw that Lala and Ariana were on a panel together and it didn't feel like there was major drama between them at all. So I don't know. Now, we also know that Ariana competed in all episodes of Dancing with the Stars and the only ones of her cast that were there supporting her that I saw were um, Katie Maloney, Sheena, and like old cast members like Kristen Doty. But I don't remember ever seeing Lala in the audience. I don't remember ever seeing... Well, I mean, who else? Like Tom Schwartz? That's not going to happen. Charlie was there, actually. Charlie's spilling a lot on Nick Vile. She, Charlie, oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you guys this. So Charlie, I didn't even write it in my notes. She was talking about the fact that she thinks that Brock is like a payroll husband and that he is like, she doesn't have good things to say about Sheena and Brock. Maybe I'll get dive more deep into that over on Patreon later. Um, just so that I can give you guys a little bit more of a, a deep dive on that, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Okay. Um, then And then let's move on to Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. But before I do that, just a reminder, because a bunch of you guys are buying some of the Daily Dose of Donna merch, and it's so cute. I I have to say, my team did a really good job with this. I am going to attempt to share my screen 
with you guys because I want you to see how cute this is. So if you guys see this right now, this is my shop. You can go to dailydosepod.com slash store and look at these cute shirts. Okay, I have Daily Doser. I have Absolutely. I have Don't Be a Sobbin' Robin. We've got Sobbin' Robin's eyebrows with Sharpies over here on Tank Tops. We've got t-shirts, Daily Doser. We have absolutely all size t-shirts. Now, this is one of my favorites. This sweater, it says, In My Bravo Era. It's a hoodie. I'm sorry. Don't tell me that's not the cutest. Like, you can get this for any of your, um, you know, Bravo friends, any of them. I love it. I think it's so adorable. Okay. We've got Daily Doser. We have, I love the cut of this sweater. It says founding member of the Bravo cult. And it's a little bit of like a short hoodie, like a little cropped hoodie. We have a big drink mug saying, or like a um, travel mug that says Daily Doser. We have mugs, don't be a sob and Robin and, and Robin's eyebrows, which is so funny. Lance the other day was drinking his coffee out of Robin's eyebrows. I laughed my ass off. In my Bravo era, a hat. And then these cute sweats that just says Bravo cult down on the bottom. Obsessed. Love, love, love all of this. So make sure that you go and check out dailydosepod.com slash store. And I'm going to try to get a discount code. If I can't, I'll let you know tomorrow or or later today, but I'm going to post it on my Instagram if I can. Okay. Let's get into Real Houses of Salt Lake City, yo. Guys, Real Houses of Salt Lake City is delivering. It is giving. It is so damn Good. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is a show that is, it's just magic. Where are we? We are starting in Bermuda. Okay. Remember, this is the morning after this kind of like really bad night where Whitney is like, shut the F up, Heather. Okay. Shut up. Shut the F up. And then Meredith and Angie are just kind of hanging out and everyone's in, you know, Everyone's fighting because that's what they do. Lisa Barlow, everyone is in it. Meredith is still very mellow during that night, remember? And then later when she's like, I have no appetite, but she's pounding wine. She's saying, this is when, this is like the big Lucy Lucy Apple Juicy story this season. So basically Meredith told Monica a few weeks ago while they were out shopping that Angie is part of the Greek mafia. And then later she said to Monica, hey, Monica, go check your DMs. I got a really weird DM from this person telling me all these things about Angie. So Monica goes home and checks her DMs. And sure enough, in her DMs is this DM. She doesn't know who it's from, but now she knows about it. So she starts talking to Meredith about it. And Meredith is like, huh? What do you talk? Oh yeah. Okay. Anyway, looking a little bit uh, suspicious. Just saying. So later on, it's a birthday morning and they decide to celebrate Monica's birthday. Heather Gay is like a dream with her celebrations, right? She brings the balloon. She brings the sign. She brings all the plates and the scepter and the cape and everything. And they sing this happy birthday for Monica and everyone is having her having fun and everyone is enjoying her. And, um, and Monica is, is, you know, really emotional because she's like, no one has ever done this for me for my birthday. Okay. The next scene is very random because all of a sudden Monica and Lisa Barlow and remember Monica and Lisa at Whitney's sound bath, remember her prism event just a couple episodes ago when she was like, guys, I need you to be quiet. Please be quiet. Um, can you guys stop talking over there? We're doing our sound bath guys, please. 
Monica and Lisa were head to head hating on each other. But all of a sudden now Monica and Lisa are besties. I don't know why, how, or what, but they're building their relationship. And Monica says, Lisa, out of everyone here, you're the one that I want you to come with me to my family's house today, which is why we're here in Bermuda to see Monica's family home and meet a little bit of Monica's family. How random, how produced, really weird, right? Really weird. But Lisa, of course, is like, I would totally love to go with you. I want to see where you come from. I just can't wait to do it. So then they decide to all go jet skiing. And the way that they jet ski and and Lisa Barlow is wearing a full, a full outfit. She's wearing a full romper jet skiing. I've never seen anything like it. Have we not seen Lisa in a bathing suit, I wonder? Is she like very, very nervous about showing her legs? Like, I'm trying to think when was the last time we ever saw Lisa's like body? So they get onto the jet ski, but not before they decide to show us their sunglasses. And when I tell you, I took a picture of it yesterday and I posted it on my Instagram story. So if you guys are following me there, Angie responded to me. She was like, I know it's pretty crazy, but it was unreal. Look at Angie and Heather's sunglasses. I'm sorry. An alien came down from a UFO, jumped off a UFO, skedaddled all the way down and jumped into Mer- uh, into Heather Gay's, you know, sunglass drawer and, and switched something out. This is not okay. This is also not okay. They, they're not sunglasses. They're face glasses. They're basically like COVID masks, you know, like, um, I don't know about you guys, but when I went to my dentist during COVID, she was like in a full astronaut space gear. It's that. Like, what is happening? And then just like happens to pink tint them. Anyway, they go on the jet ski. They're all having fun. I don't think anything wild or crazy happens on this jet ski, but the drama starts when they get back into the Sprinter van and immediately Monica starts texting with her family and she just jumps up, runs, crying hysterically. Lisa Barlow snaps for Lisa. I am a Lisa Barlow fan. I have been always, but this season, I know a lot of you guys have not liked her throughout the show or throughout the season. I have always really liked her. I don't know why. I can't put words into it. I just like Lisa Barlow. So they decide to go to, um, or no, Lisa jumps up, runs after Monica, who's in the bathroom, hysterical. I actually felt really bad for her and Lisa did too. And we find out that Monica's family somehow has canceled her getting to see her or her, her getting to see them in Bermuda. Now, my original and immediate position on this was thinking production scared, not scared, but maybe her family who hasn't seen her in 30 years, right? And did I miss that? I think it's 30 years. My feeling is that, well, when I first watched, my first approach was, wow, her family has avoided her because um, they don't want to be like on camera and be seen on camera on this show that they don't really know and they don't really know Monica that well, which is very possible. She immediately thought it was because of her mom. She immediately thought it was because of Vovo, right? Her mom, who she has an incredibly toxic relationship with, Linda, she immediately gets back in the car hysterically crying and she's convinced that she got in the middle of it and she set it up and she totally ruined it for Monica because she was jealous that she wasn't part of the plan. 
So now everyone in the audience assumes Linda is the culprit in the problem. I didn't really realize this, but I guess the public at large that was watching the show last night was convinced and sure that Monica actually set the entire thing up, pretended that she had family in, in Bermuda, pretended she was supposed to see them, asked Lisa just to kind of add to it, and then acted really sad, pretend, like pretended that she was really, truly sad when it was all canceled. I immediately did not believe that because I think that Monica, to be able to cry that hysterically off something that was completely set up by her, would be award-winning shit, okay? We've seen a lot of people cry badly on shows. <clears throat> Robin, I have not seen Monica be able to get that emotional that fast. I mean, that was pretty intense. So I didn't think that, actually. But a lot of you guys in the audience did. So Monica felt the need to post on her Instagram stories and on her feed a lot of, um, I should say, what is it, like uh, receipts. She has text messages that production sent with the family, with her. Is this the house? Okay, we spoke to this person. We're going to go to this person. And basically, Monica says in an Instagram story, I'm just going to say this. Production spoke with my family in Bermuda, communicated with them met with them in Bermuda, went to their homes and visited with them, signed stuff to film for my birthday and everything. So people claiming I don't have family there or it was a lie can continue to believe what they wish. It will not change the truth. Then she also, and I can't find it on her story, so I don't know if she deleted, but I did see something along the lines of her speaking about, um, speaking about, uh, like speaking on Twitter, I think, to her mom. Because her mom, I guess, does not respond to her, does not show up to therapy. Like she's just kind of a shitty, shitty mom. And we know this. But apparently her mom and her had some words over Twitter last night. And Monica said, you know, since this is the only place that you're willing to talk to me, I guess I'll say it here. Something along the lines of now I know that you weren't involved and I'm glad to know that you weren't involved, but et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think it was Bobo's fault. I think production probably scooped, spooked this family and, you know, I don't know. But then we get to like another scene where they're sitting there and they're having, you know, a meal and they're at the beach or whatever. And Monica is talking about it. And she basically is bringing up her mom again. She's very much bringing her mom into the storyline. It's, I am not trying to say that Monica is at fault for this. Monica's mom seems pretty, pretty awful. But Monica is, she ain't perfect either right? We have like, it's weird because if it was anyone else on this cast, if it was, let's just say like Heather gay, right? And her mom, we would all be like, oh my God, poor Heather. But Monica is so flawed in so many ways. And we haven't even seen the most of it. And there's a reason that none of the cast is talking to her that I don't think we know the full story. I don't, I think that we still need to you know, understand exactly what's going on because I don't think the cycle is breaking. Now, I do think Monica loves her kids very much and she's there for them, but but putting them on a reality show where she's exposing them to all the horrible things that their grandma's doing and also all the horrible things that Monica's done, you know, the 18-month affair with the brother-in-law, 
it does make me feel like she's maybe continuing the cycle. It's all sad. All I know is it's sad AF and seeing messages like this and seeing comments like this and seeing all these things are making me say like, why, why am I part of this like really, really intense family drama when I have enough of my own? I know it sounds real, you know, maybe that sounds like selfish or whatever, but sometimes when it's family shit, like Teresa and her brother, or when it's stuff with like moms or, or sisters or things like this, like Kim and Kyle and Kathy, like it's too sensitive. It's too, it's too personal. Like, why are we doing this on TV? Why? I don't know. But poor Monica, she, we saw a flashback of when she went to therapy and her mom wanted her to go to therapy, remember? And she was sitting there alone at therapy because her mom didn't show up. Her mom sucks. Sorry. Okay. At the beach, Angie and Lisa get up. Oh, I have to stretch my legs. I, I need to like figure out how to do an Angie, but it's just basically like a very monotone, deep voice. Oh, I have to stretch my legs. I love Bermuda. It's wonderful. Oh, no. Before they get up and go on this walk, Lisa and Angie, they they decide to play another stupid ass game because these these people are playing all the stupid games on this on this show. Right. Like, who would you uh, eliminate from the boat or the wagon? Remember when they were shaking their butter on this one? It's who would you F marry or kill on my in our husbands and ex-husbands? It's a little bit of a weird question to do with your friends. But I think I agreed with, I think it was Heather's, which I can't remember, but I would marry John. I would F um, Seth, I think, and I would K Sean. But I haven't fully decided that yet, okay? But it's such a stupid game. Lisa and Angie go on this conversation where basically Lisa is finally telling Angie about this DM because Monica had told her earlier. And she says, I think it's Meredith. Now, everyone is under the impression that this is Meredith. What do you guys think? I'm saying it's Meredith. <laughs> so obviously Meredith to me. But I forgot to mention something that happened earlier in the Sprinter van when they were driving to go jet skiing. And they started talking about Heather's daughter who was over at UC Santa Barbara where I went to college, which is a party town, which is like lots of hot people and whatever. And in that conversation or over there, um, Monica said, what about Ashley, your daughter? Has she had sex? And Heather got real weird. I'm not telling you that. I would never tell you that. That is her conversation to have. It did feel a little bit strange to be so closed off, but it's also your daughter and that makes sense. But all you could say is like, I'm not telling you that. Anyway, she got real upset about it, real offended to the point where later when they were getting ready for their pirate dinner, Heather decides to tell Ashley this on the phone. She keeps asking me about your sex life. I don't want to talk about her, your sex life or my sex life. And then of course they all get dressed like idiot parrots, <laughs> pirates, parrot pirates. I, guys, I am Lisa Barlow through and through. Do not make me get dressed up at a family, at a group dinner. Do not, not me, not interested. No, thank you. Sorry. I do not want to go to a family dinner or a group dinner with friends dressed like a pirate with a mustache. It's not for me. Give me the hoop earrings like Lisa. So they go to this dinner and then they decide to play another stupid ass game, which is when was the last time you had sex? Everyone go. I got a quickie just last week, this this morning. Da, 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 da. And Heather freaks out again. Guys, what do you think is going on? 
Do you think that Heather Gay has not had sex in a long ass time? I'm very curious. I want to know. I want to know. I think that Heather gets very sensitive talking about sex. Somehow it's like a trigger that we've never known because she is the most open, like out there person who is incredibly, um, you know, just says it like it is filter free. She never hides anything. So it is a little bit weird that in this case, she would be like, no, I don't want to tell you. Um, she gets very sensitive. I'm the only one single here, but Angie's single. I'm sorry, Monica's single. I'm the only one single. It was weird. It was like we hit a hot button. And then Heather was silent Bob for the rest of the dinner. Totally silent. I think it really offended her, this question. Who wasn't silent was Monica and Angie. Angie had to, do you remember this? If this was a wine glass, you would understand. But she was like this. I have to wet my whistle because I have a lot to say. Never before have I seen anything so lame like that. But she had to wet her whistle and she starts going off on Meredith. I heard about this DM and you said that I was in the mafia and Meredith, what I would do, what I would do to have a little headpiece like Meredith did in that. You know, I really need to get my props going. Um, okay, this is going to work. <laughs> For those of you on YouTube, Meredith, I don't know what you're talking about. I did not send a DM. What? I am so sorry that you feel that way. I did not send a DM. Meredith, we need you to get off whatever you're on because. Meredith's reactions to <laughs> Meredith's reactions to anyone like uh you know talking to her about like something pretty damaging, which is sending these fake DMs and starting shit. And then Lisa Barlow goes to town. Lisa Barlow, what's her whistle? Go, 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 go. What's her whistle? And she's like, enough. I am done with you, Meredith. Hold on, let me take off Meredith's hair. I am done with you, Meredith. I do not feel that you are doing something right. Stop meddling in my business. I do not um, approve of this. This has to stop. Enough, Meredith, enough. I'm going to call my cybersecurity person to come over here and, and to do some IP checks on your, I mean, she started pulling out some computer lingo. I, I don't know, my blonde brain space the F out over that. But basically she started doing that. She's like, I'm going to arrest you. I'm going to throw you in jail. I'm going to do everything. And Meredith's reaction to this was this. I don't know what to tell you, Lisa. I don't know what to tell you. I did not do this. I'm sorry. I did not do this. I mean, Meredith, it's stuck in my hair. Meredith is, needs to get activated more. She is not activated enough for a Real Housewives show. Now we see in the trailer for next week that they're on some sort of boat and maybe she didn't take the same kind of cocktail if you know what I mean. Because then she gets real activated. I'm done with this. I need to see more of you can leave, Meredith. Not just, I don't know what you're talking about. Like with a stoned, glazed look. Yes, Meredith, in my opinion, is on some sort of relaxer 
some sort of a calmer, some sort of a let's chill out and, and, you know, just kind of get through this dinner. Meredith kind of skates by in this show. She, she's a little bit, for me, Meredith, I find very interesting that she's being, you know, accused of sending fake DMs, fraudulent DMs about all these things ruining lives. And she's acting like, what are you talking about? Yet you don't give her a bathtub or you call her bathtub dirty or whatever. And the way she reacts is unlike anything else. I don't know. We need to find out what Mary's on. I mean, what Meredith's on. We also know that Mary, Mary is MIA. Mary, my favorite person on Salt Lake City, is no longer on the show, essentially. Now, what we found out from her at Kathy Hilton's Christmas party on the red carpet talking to Teddy Mellencamp, we found out that she's not invited to anything. My thought is invite this girl to everything. Like, I don't want scenes without Mary. It's too crazy. It's too chaotic. We need Mary to, you know, take it to the next level. I miss Mary. I love her. I love her, little girl. Love. Um. So at the end of the episode, like we said, Meredith just kind of slowly, you know, Creeps through the dinner. She looked gorgeous, by the way. She is gorgeous. She was on Watch What Happens Live last night. I didn't watch the episode, but I saw a clip where Andy had asked the audience, you know, to vote in. Do you believe Meredith was behind the DMs? A resounding yes. Do you believe that Meredith is using Monica to do her dirty work against Angie? A resounding yes. Meredith isn't looking so good this season, in my opinion. However, the season is not over yet, and we still have yet to find out why Heather Gay freaks out on the balcony in Bermuda, getting a phone call about something, which we all know is about Monica. So maybe our opinions will change. We will see. All right, you guys, I hope you have an amazing rest of your Wednesday. Thank you so much for being here. As always, thank you for subscribing, for liking, for putting on the bell. Check that you're subscribed. A lot of people are saying that YouTube is automatically unsubscribing them. So make sure you're subscribed. Get on there and um, join our Patreon so you can join the happy hour at the overdose level. That's this Friday and you will get extra episodes all week long. Um, And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, y'all.